Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Titus 2 verse 1 to 5, the Bible says, But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in the faith, in love, in patience, the older women likewise, that they be reverent in behaviour, not slanderous, not given too much wine. Say amen. The Bible says an elder given to no wine. It says the older woman given not too much wine. Because um, I don't want to go there. Maybe you should, no. Um, well, as a Jewish rabbi wrote, she's a lady. She said, I can't say what she said. Um, because I'll get myself in trouble. But every now and again, give your wife a half a glass of red wine. I didn't say that. Paul says, don't give her too much wine because she's going to fall asleep. Okay. Uh, You know, (laughs) that they admonish young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, to be chaste, fashionable, but chaste, homemakers, Good, obedient to their own husbands, and all the women say, Oh, that's a weak amen. Obedient to their own husbands, and all the women say, Okay, we'll try that a third time. Obedient to their own husbands, and all the women said, I think some of you said, Aina, or Oh my, or Oh me. That the word of God may not be blasphemed. 1 Timothy 5 is 14, therefore. I desire younger widows to marry under the age of 60. You're a younger widow and you're still allowed to marry. Well, even if you're 80, <laughs> uh, we had a lady in our church, she was, what was she, 80, 86, and she married somebody that was 94. And they had a great time. I mean, they went on a honeymoon and they came back revived and refreshed and lived for many years. She outlived actually three husbands. So she must have been quite something. So, (laughs) manage the house. Manage the house. Give no opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully. Now, in a a month, it's Father's Day. We'll talk to men. Men Men are important. As men, we are called to be the head of the home and to set the spiritual pace in the home. I do understand I'm talking to many single mothers. 50% of our uh, marriages in South Africa end in divorce. So when I talk, I speak with great admiration and great respect for every single mother that is raising children. Can we give the Lord a big hand clap for these single women that are going to work every day and they are still homemakers. They still look after their children. I mean, they sacrifice. So when I talk about certain things, please don't feel this morning, I disregard your commitment towards your children. 
I think you are the champions of our society. I think you are the unsung heroes in our society. I think you are the ones that deserve the greatest medals, that you raise those children without the support of men. I'm sorry for where you are, but I honor you for your guts and your determination, for your sacrifice and your selflessness. I understand. You say, how, Pastor? Because I had a mother like that, that raised four children by herself and they had two jobs to look after us and never make us feel that we were not good enough. She sacrificed everything for her children. From the age of 34, she was a single woman looking after four children. Never got involved with another man again, never got married. She lived for her children. That's a massive sacrifice, right? But it's the mother that is the heart of the home. It is the mother that is the base setter in the home. It is the mother that determines the atmosphere in the home. The zivarate. Kijk as jy maak kwaad is aan jy probleme. Ja, jy maak jy so kyk aan weet jy is in die moeilikheid. Maar hy sê hulle maar, as jy nie moeilikheid is, kan vir jou kyk aan voel jy, jy kan die hele wereld omkeer. Dis die kracht van a ma. When you had your nightmares, who did you call? You called your mother. When I saw people in the army, people shot, they either cursed or they cried out for their mothers. Historians will write in every great battle while men were dying, they cried out for their mother. And many of them before they died, they went into a fetal position and they weep for their mothers. They were looking for their mothers because there is no comforter outside of the Holy Ghost like a mother. We love you, mothers. We love you. I said we love you. Your child may not show you that respect now, but one day he will grow up to appreciate you. You are the number one influencer in that child's life. So man writes, he says, my mother taught me logic. If you fall off that swing and break your neck, you can't go to the shop with me. She taught me humor. When that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come back running to me. She taught me genetics. You are just like your father. Taught me anticipation. Wait until your dad gets home. Taught me about receiving. You're gonna get it when I get home. Taught me about religion. You better pray that that stain gets out of the carpet. Chanel was infamous for that. Got Narita's makeup, and if she was silent, <laughs> she, she made a holy mess, I'll tell you something. So she knows all about that. Taught me about stamina. You'll sit here, Angelique had to learn this. You'll sit here until all your vegetables are finished. She taught me the circle of life. I brought you into this world and I can take you out of it. Taught me justice. What you sow is what you reap. One day you will have children just like you. <laughs> John Quincy Adams, the sixth president of the United States of America said, all that I am, I, my mother made me. Come on, you can say amen, man. Come on, Dolph, you can my arm and say, your master's a matriarch. You know, my mother still, she's 80, 80, I think 83, and uh, she still says to me, now listen to me. 
and then she will always tell me, I'm still your mother. Who can argue with that? <laughs> I forgot to talk about the flying saucers. Some of us grew up with flying saucers and flying objects in the home. Unidentified objects. Here comes a shoe. Here comes a key. <laughs> My generation, I know young, young people know nothing about flying objects in their homes, but we had plenty of them. We learned how to duck, okay? <clears throat> Abraham Lincoln said, all I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. Dwight Moody, a famed evangelist said, all that I have ever accomplished in life, I owe to my mother. Napoleon Bonaparte said, let France have good mothers and she will have good sons. They say, and I've read this last year, I'll say it again, because it's true. The man is mighty. He governs the land and the sea. He wields the mighty scepter on lower powers than he. But mightier power and stronger men from the throne has hold. For the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. That child that God gave you may be the future history maker, the cultural shaper of our world. We want to say to all mothers today, sitting here in Bloemfontein, watching on television, we love you, we honour you, we respect you, we hold you in high esteem. We thank God for your many sacrifices and the sacrifices you continue to make. We thank God for all the prayers you prayed for us that we never even knew about and the prayers that you still pray for us. Thank God for your unconditional love the love and the belief that you have shown. That's one thing about my mother. You know, I can tell you many things about her, but she loved me unconditionally. And she always said, my boy, my son, you can do anything you set your mind to. Always told me nobody's better than you. Stand back for no one. Believe in yourself. It doesn't matter what people say. Matters what you believe. All founded in Scripture. I thank God that in those foundation years, Every night she would put us to bed. Every night she would sing a prayer. Every night she would pray over us. Every night she would walk in and do a fun and funny thing. We never fell asleep until she did it. And she walked out of the room, opened the door again and said, toodaloo, 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 toodaloo. And uh, if she didn't do that, we would shout, Ma, you never said toodaloo. Little things that a child remembers, a man remembers up to today. Waiting for those familiar steps to return from work. You know, everybody knows the mother's uh, walk, the gate, whatever you call it, okay? A horse has a gate, I don't know. But um, you know when your mother comes, okay? And you can also tell by the click, 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 whether she's in a friendly mood or in a bad mood. Are you in trouble? We honour you as mothers and I want to encourage you because we live in a society today where the world tells women that you are better off not to have children. Motherhood, being a mother is a holy calling. It's a noble calling. It's God's design for you as a woman. Now by this I'm not pressurising you to go have a baby but I want to say to you that if you're married then God promises you offspring. And that children is a desire that God has placed within you. Don't let a career or anything else steal that from you. It's the highest, holiest, and often the loneliest calling 
that any human being can have. Because I'll tell you something, when the child hurts, the mother hurts. I mean, I'm a dad, I hurt, but the mother hurts more. Because the mother carried that child in her womb. That, she knew that child nine months before the father ever was introduced to that child. So there's that bond between a mother and a child for life. That's why we should honour them and hold them in the highest esteem and do whatever we can to show our appreciation, our love, our reverence, our respect for our mothers that we don't go stick them in an old age home somewhere and forget them. Saw too much of that. My early years as a pastor went to the old age homes and visited the old people, older people, because <laughs> nobody wanted uh, 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 me to visit them. So I went to every old age home and uh, found how many people just sit there and wait to die. Because the child now took the farm, the child took the business, and came with a good idea and put the children, the parents in some facility. And I understand if they're fragile, but my dear brother, my dear sister, Bible says, honor your parents, honor your mother, that it may be well with you, that you will live a long life. The Bible says you have to take care of your mother financially if you have the resources. Come on, say amen in Jesus' name. Motherhood is, a, is the definition of selfless sacrifice. I don't know how they do it, because the biggest baby of them all are us, the men. I'll show you now from Scripture. Because we think, hey babe, I'm enough, I'm it. And we don't understand when they don't respond that way. Because as mothers, they cannot. They have a different calling. It doesn't mean you have to fit in as a man. It means that you have to understand their calling. And you have to make the right time for you and your wife to spend time together. And sow your children for that night or for that year to somebody else. So, <laughs> so motherhood is both a daunting responsibility, but it presents glorious opportunities. Because you have the opportunity to raise that child in the ways of God. You have the opportunity to program that child's belief system. The divine role of motherhood is a gift from God. And I know it is trying. I'm not a mother. But I've seen enough. I've seen mothers shed tears at night. I've seen mothers feel that they're not doing a good job, especially those who work hard. I wanna to say to you again, we love you, we respect you. We know you're going out into the secular world every day so that you can provide food for your children and clothes on their back. And as society, we celebrate you. We don't judge you. We don't condemn you. It's easy for somebody that is financially self-sufficient to say, well, my wife doesn't have to work. And that is an ideal situation. But realistically, many women have to work. They are the breadwinner. They are the spiritual leader. They are the comforter. They are the sole provider. And as a church, we are instructed to look after these women, to support them, to encourage them, and to esteem them highly in the name of Jesus Christ. So listen to me, Satan's strategy is for women to reject motherhood and it's becoming more and more popular. I'll be in a Johannesburg in, a, in a, uh, less than an hour from now. And uh, one of the things in that city that is happening is many women just don't wanna get married. They just decided I'm going to pursue a career. I don't want a man. Well, that's okay. 
but not all men are useless. Maybe you dated a useless person, but you can pray to God and God will give you the right person to be a blessing, to be a aid, an aid, a support to your life. Come on, two are better than one. He knows if women abort motherhood, they will abort destiny in the making. He gets them to focus on the negative aspects of motherhood rather than the glorious aspects. Five lies, he tells women. Motherhood is a low ambition. Number two, motherhood is a trap. You lose your freedom. Number three, motherhood isn't as valuable as a career. Now I want to say again that many of you are career mothers. I have to emphasize this because in Africa, South Africa, 70% of children are raised by single mothers. I want us to honor these single mothers one more time. Come on, encourage the sisters that are sitting here today. They bear a double burden. Very easy when you're a happily married husband, wife, to look at a single woman and uh, criticize her. Don't do that. Help her raise her children, pray for her, support her. She's burning the candle on both sides. Amen. We have to love these people. It's a product of society. It's where we are. People are hurting, feeling guilty having to leave their homes oftentimes four o'clock in the morning to catch a taxi, public transport to catch another taxi so she can put bread on that child's table. May God help us to love these people and to support them and to encourage them and to tell them you're doing a great job and do what we can to assist single mothers, mothers raising children by themselves. Mothers that have adopted children. That's your child. As much as the child that came through your womb, you love that child. Fourth lie of the devil is you will ruin your body. Well, look at me, I haven't. Okay, no comment. And then number five, motherhood is not worth the sacrifice. All lies. Because every history maker comes through the womb of a mother. Even your Savior didn't need a man on earth, but he needed a woman on earth. His father was from heaven, but he needed a womb. He needed a mother. Come on. So that child that has come through your womb has great destiny great potential, a great future. How you raise the child will determine the future of that child. So please be a praying parent, uh, a mother. I will use the word parent, the word use, world users, they're getting confused. Um, a, a, a caring mother, an understanding mother, a loving mother. The desire of motherhood, great woman in the Bible, Hannah, married to Elkanah, we had another wife as well, but Elkanah loved Hannah more. And we know the story. His other wife had several children. Hannah had no children. Every year, she would go with her husband to Shiloh and she would cry out to God for a child. 
but it was not granted her. She was a barren woman. And remember in those days, pretty much like Africa, today in many of our culture, cultures in Africa, if a woman cannot fall pregnant, there's almost like a stigma of shame upon that woman. It's almost like being able to have a child in many cultures is a sign of fruitfulness, of blessing, of producing the future. Now, she lived under the shame. Not only that, the other wife rubbed it in all the time and mocked her and told her she was a nobody until she had enough and she went to God. And I say it this morning, because I know there are many women sitting here today. You've been trying to fall pregnant. You've not been able to fall pregnant. You've had a miscarriage. Satan has stolen from you. And God promises He's going to restore. God promises He's going to take the miscarriage away. I want to tell you, you be like a Hannah. God is going to open your womb. God is going to bless you. And you're going to have a child in the name of Jesus. I prophesy it to you. You are going to have a child. You are going to be fruitful. You are going to flourish. The Lord will remove that barrenness and that sickness in the name of Jesus Christ. I break every curse over your bloodline. I break every curse over your family. I break every curse over your ancestors in the name of Jesus. And I speak to your womb. I speak life and liberty in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to pray right now. You're sitting in this place and you are married. That's a condition. And you are believing God to fall pregnant. You've been struggling. You've been trying. It's a gift I have to pray for women. You are going to fall pregnant. Within a year, you are going to have a baby. So if you believe it, you stand to your feet. Those women stand up quickly. Quick, 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 quick. There's no shame. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. You're not going to come to the front, just stand where you are. Stand, 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 stand. All our churches, stand. Put your hand on your womb. If your husband is with you, uh, stand with your wife. If the husband is there, in Jesus' name. Father, you said, blessed is the man who has his quiver full. I speak to every womb. Fruitfulness. I say, bring forth a child. I speak to the productive organs of both the man and the, the, the wife and the husband. And I speak restoration in life. And Father, as you opened Hannah's womb and removed the barrenness and gave her not only Samuel, but five more children, that you will do the same. Not give them five, but give them one as a start in Jesus' name. I open every womb and I command that womb to be filled with a child within three months to be pregnant in Jesus' name. I bless you for children are the heritage of the Lord in Jesus' name. And we all agree with that. And we say in Jesus' name, Amen. Um, and you're going to come and show me your babies. Okay, when we dedicate the baby, say that's the baby that we prayed for because we have it all the time. We have hundreds of people in our churches all over uh, that I've prayed for. Haven't been able to have children. Uh, one couple, 11 years, couldn't have baby, prayed for them. God gave them a twin. Twins. I can tell you so many testimonies. Many of you that sit here, uh, God did it. Um, um, God's a God of restoration, right? So Hannah goes, and we know the story in 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 8. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? What's up? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? No. 
You're better than any other man. But I have a desire for a child, which is a godly thing that God puts in every woman. Say amen, ladies. So Hannah rose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. And Eli, was the priest, was standing on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, and this is the deal of motherhood. When God gives you a child, you covenant with God to raise that child for God in the ways of God because that's an eternal spirit. That's not optional. Your first calling is to raise that child for God. That means you read Bible stories to the child. That means you tell them about Jesus. That means when you put them to bed, you pray a prayer for them. That's not a by the way thing. That's your calling as a mother every night. You go pray over those children when you put them to bed every night. Every day as a mother, you talk to them about Jesus when you drive to school. You change your music. You don't listen to your hip hop. You put on children's praise. You ask MJ, three years old, where is Jesus? He'll tell you, Jesus is in my heart. He's not confused. When people are sick, he says, I'm going to lay hands on you and pray for you. Because Chanel is doing a great job to train him in the ways of God, to talk to him about the ways of God. That's what the Bible instructs us to do in our homes. And the mother having more time. And again, I take into account those of you that work, that even when you come back, you say a little prayer. A little prayer means a lot to a child. Even if it's just gentle Jesus, meek and mild, look upon this little child. Even if that's the only prayer you know, pray it. Put them in bed and pray over them. Talk to them about Jesus. Love them. So she makes a vow to God, as every parent should. And I was watching again as people come to church with your prams. And some of you carry, that's always the funniest thing. You go to a shopping center everywhere. The mother has got the pram and the bag and the baby. And the father walks, you know, he's just strolling along like, they ain't near sock in battle. Hey, buddy. Hey, hey, you carry the bag. You carry everything else. Come on, she's not the pack horse. She's not the mule. You don't go stroll off and wander off. Oh, I watch them because I go with the grandkids sometimes to these places where people play and the, the mother sits there while the children play and the parent, the dads all sit on the other side drinking beer. What's wrong with you? I'm going to talk to you on Father's Day. What's fault with you? This is your kind. You I don't understand uninvolved fathers. We'll, we'll get there. I played my kids from the morning till the evening, every Saturday, every holiday. They never knew what hit them. Because love for a child is spent, T-I-M-E. Don't tell a child you love them, but you don't have time for them. You make the time. You get on their level. You play the, the game they want to play. You become the little boy again. Ask your wife, you're not that grown up in any case. <laughs> oh, my women know that. Yet it's not near as you drink it earlier as you can from three hours out. Oh, my love, oh, I can't do it. Oh, I can't do it. Help me, help me. And I'll have nothing to do with you. 
Want liefde voor een man wordt gespeeld aandag. <laughs> Bikkie aandag. Krap net sy toon of sy ego so bykie, dan gaan hy ok wees, ok. So Eli sees her, she makes a vow to God, she prays, God hears the prayer, says the Lord grant you the request, she falls pregnant, the child is born, she keeps her promise. We spoke about that, be the one who returns. Bring your children every week, raise them in children's church. Bring them to the prayer meeting, bring them to the revival meeting. Let them fall in love with the things of God in Jesus' name. Let them pick up on your passion. God number one. Not religion, not by the way. Not the nonsense that the education system is trying to teach children. You decide for yourself. In Canada, you decide until four years of age whether you identify with being a boy or a girl. Listen, when David came out of Naretta's womb, I looked for one little thing. When I saw that little thing, I said, it's a boy and I'm going to raise him like a boy and I'm not going to apologize for it. He's a boy. Amen. As a matter of fact, in those days, the sonas, it talks like I'm ancient, but I mean, some of you identify. The sonas were not like today. Okay, today you see everything. I went with a Chanel a week ago, and I mean, you see everything perfect. It's like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And the child is still in the womb. I mean, in our day, you went and the doctor said to you, there's the head, there's the heart, there's, and you looked at it and you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you saw nothing. And then they told me with Angelique, they told us it's a boy. So everything was blue. True. And two weeks before she's born, God wakes me up. Two o'clock in the morning in a dream. He says, it's a girl. I wake up the next morning. I say, it's not a boy, it's a girl. Already received everything for a little boy. And when she came out, she was a girl. Now the opposite with David. The sonar and everything said, he's a little girl. Davy. Nothing girlish about him. He's got beautiful girls. But David's not girlish. And uh, God woke me up again. And I told Narita, it's a boy. And everything was pink. <laughs> so we just chose the neutral baby growths. 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 Whatever you call him now. Um, white. Amen. So uh, Hannah raises him in the ways of God. She brings him to the temple. Every year, she makes him a brand new coat, which shows the connection she has with him. And I believe her prayer played a major role in Samuel fulfilling his destiny as a prophet. After she sacrificed and raised that child for God from a place of barrenness and tragedy, that's who our God is, El Shaddai, He blesses her with five more children. Hallelujah. 1 Samuel 2 verse 21. So I want to focus for a few moments on being that mother who prays and understand that your prayers matter. Your prayers will change your child. I think when my mother prayed for me when I got home drunk, you know, Um, in the evenings and out of my mind and she always sat up and waited for me to get home and no matter if I came back one o'clock, two o'clock you know I feel terrible I've repented a million times Um, she would wake she would get up and she would always get up and make me food 
because she knew I needed something in my tummy. She didn't stand there with a roll-up or with a shambuck. She would talk to me later on. But when I was in a bad state, she would just love me, care for me, and pray for me. And I'll tell you, those prayers eventually changed me. Every good child deserves to be prayed for and every bad child needs to be prayed for. I needed a lot of prayer. I thank God my mother prayed. My grandmother prayed. Many people prayed. The prayers of a righteous woman avails much. So when Rebecca was pregnant long before there were any technology, imaging to look into her womb, she realized something was wrong in her womb. And she went to God in prayer about her child. And this is important for everybody to listen. So she said, it is, it is all well. If, if all is well, why am I feeling like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. God spoke to her. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other and the older shall serve the younger. Now, we need to pray for our children before they are born, like Hannah did. We have to pray for our children when they're in the womb. I always did that. With every child, every night, my hand would be on the retina's belly, and I would pray for that child and speak life to that child every day. Amen. TBN, One Gospel Praise TV, thank you for being with us. Happy Mother's Day. We love you. We treasure you. May God bless you. Come on, give them a hand clap. Every day. Now, Chanel, you will see in the worship services, I'll put my hand on a womb off, often, not because it may, you may think it's inappropriate, but we are shifting things through prayer, through belief, in the presence of God. You pray for that child. You speak to that child. That's a living being. You create the future of that child. Now, when she prayed about that child, God showed her what was going on. Also, God showed her the destiny of two boys. Mothers know. When you're a praying mother, you know what the destiny of that child is. And even more so, you have the responsibility then to raise that child in the ways of God. Like Mary, the mother of Jesus, she knew. Even at one stage when she doubted and she thought he lost his mind. When he was a child, she taught him the Scriptures. She was a godly woman. When the angel spoke to her, she quoted a whole psalm. That's why God chose her. She was a woman of the Word, not a woman of the world. And she was sure to teach Jesus in the ways of God. She taught him the prophet. She taught him the Scriptures. He could recite the whole book of Isaiah by the time he was a teenager. He knew the Scripture. He discovered from Scripture that he was the Messiah. His mother telling him, but still he needed the witness. Don't underestimate the encounter children have with God. That's why we bring them into God's presence so they can be a generation that will serve God. Not a generation that grows up in our homes, that backslide, that are lost and should get saved again. No, the Bible says train a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. You spend time, you invest in that child. You talk about the things Jesus did for you. So pray for that child I have to close. Pray for them after they are born, every day. 
I'll talk to fathers. I did that very, very diligently. Prayed over my children. When David had club feet, prayed till those little feet straightened out. When his ears were deaf, prayed, prayed, prayed till God opened those ears. God had many, many miracles for us as a family. I don't talk about these things often because I don't only believe we live in a place in, 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 in the place of miracles, but when you need a miracle, you need to know how to pray and how to confess and how to use the Word of God. Both of them were not instant. So I taught David, since he was a small boy, God did two miracles for you. God did miracles for you. So when he wanted to go through his rebellious phase, he met a testimony of what God did for him. And he met the love of his father in Jesus' name. On the other side, that brought him to his senses. Hallelujah. So you pray for them when you put them in bed. One of the greatest opportunities, don't send them to bed. Don't sit in front of that stupid television or your stupid cell phone. And I say it's stupid because it's the thing that steals more time than anything else. Don't sit on that stupid social media when you are with your family. Put those stupid phones off. Put them away when you go to a restaurant. You'll never see me go to a restaurant and take my phone with me. Never, ever, ever. You spend face-to-face -face time with those children. You don't send them to bed. You can say, get into bed, I'm coming. And don't forget them, go pray. Say a little prayer. Love them, tuck them in. Make them feel comfortable. Talk to them about the day. Earn their trust. So that when they go through things, they can talk to you. Not find somebody else older from the world to advise them. When they try to disengage with you, don't allow it. Because every child at one stage wants to disengage. Especially single mothers face this challenge with boys. Where mom can tell me nothing. 14 years old, 15 years old, he tries to distance himself from his mother. That's when, you know why the church talks to us as elders, pastors, more mature family men, that we help women, that we help them raise their boys in the ways of God, amen? But if that child tries to distance himself from you, you love him, love him, pray for him, love him, pray for him, you will break that rebellion in his heart, you pray for him, he will come back to God in Jesus' name. Say amen, I know it, I'm one of those. Pray for them when you drive them to school. Talk to them about Jesus. Don't sit there and listen to your music. Be a mother that engages. Pray for them when they are out and about. My mother never, I, I, I mean, I've, I've repeated a million times to my mother and every, I gave my mother gray hairs. I mean, I don't know what the heck I was thinking. I was lost, obviously. But my mother never rested. No Friday, no Saturday, no Sunday did she rest because I was just gone. Nobody knew where I was up to mischief. And if she found out where I was, she would climb in her car and come and look for me. And all my friends said, your Marzies or your Marzies, everybody ducked, everybody ran. No matter where it was, at disco, no matter where, doesn't matter where it was. Everybody ran because my mother came. Little woman, um, feisty, beautiful, but 
you're not taking my boy devil. World, you're not having my boy. Um, I'll fight all your friends and I'm going to get him back to God. When my sister got involved in drugs, uh, after being a top ballet dancer in Cape Pact, and then Delia Sainsbury in Johannesburg and got involved in a circle of people. Um, my, when my mother heard that, she climbed in her car, took off work, went into Hillbrow and looked for her till she found her. Put her in the car, her screaming, ranting, raving, but she brought her back. And we cast out some devils out of my sister and now she's serving the Lord. Hallelujah, come on. So some of you there sit there and you think, gee, it seems like he comes from a terrible family. Hey, you sophisticated snob, sno- almost I said snot, snob. <laughs> you live in a state and your boys snorting cocaine and, and smoking marijuana. You're not, you're not better. You just don't get it. It's destroying that child. Huh? So they talk about house cleaning today spiritually. My mother went house cleaning, not spiritually, physically. It's like today people drive out demons out of a house. I reckon if I move in the house, the devil moves out. I didn't need a house cleaning ceremony. I move in, the devil is out. So you that like these religious practices, enjoy your little religious games. But when I move in, the devil moves out. But uh, my mother did more than that. She would invade my room when I was not there and look in the ceiling, look under the bed, look everywhere. And when I got home and I'm looking for my stash, it's like, where is it? Flush down the toilet because of a mother's love. I said, because of a mother's love, come on in Jesus' name, hallelujah. A mother who loves enough not to allow the world to get a hold of a boy, to fight the devil every way she knew. There are few things more powerful than the prayers of a righteous mother. I wanna encourage you as a mother, pray, 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 and know that we pray for you, that we hold you in high esteem. And I pray that God will give you the grace for motherhood. Some young ladies don't like to be mothers. I pray that God gives you the grace and changes the way you view motherhood. It is a privilege. Those little things are only little for a little time. When you see again, they three, then they five, then they eight, then they ten, then they twenty, then they're out of the house, then they're married, then they have grandkids. And you think, where has all the time gone? A wise pastor told me, and I listen, because obviously I'm a driven individual and was very busy, worked from five o'clock till 11 o'clock. And thank God I got this when I was very young. Only Angelique and David was born. And he said to me, if you want to keep your your, your children, because so many pastors' children don't serve the Lord. And they come out of good homes, they pray in the homes, they do everything righteously, but the kids rebel. He said, learn one thing from me. You want your kids to serve God? Then forget all the spiritual activity that you think they want. Play with them. 
Spend time with them. Get on their level. Build memories for them. So that one day when they are older, they can reflect back and say, I did this with dad. I did this with dad. I did this with dad. Because it's when you spend time with them that their little hearts open and you can talk to them about everything and you can see them. Kids can't lie to a mother. Neither do some fathers like me. I would sit next to my kids and just ask them a question that they did not expect. I say, Chanel, look at me. Then she looks at me, then I ask her a question. And her eyes tell me everything. Because I made up my mind, Anna that we are going to raise our children for God and we will not allow them to decide the way. We will lead them, we will guide them, and one day we will give them to the right husband, to the right wife. Heavenly Father, we come before You right now and we thank You that You are worthy of it all. We want to come before You and honour You and thank You that today we have the opportunity to celebrate every single one of our mothers. We cannot thank You enough for giving us the greatest mothers, for loving us so much that You have always given us the very best. And right now we truly want to honour You, that You love us so much that You sent Your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for all of our sins. Because that's how much You love us. That is how much we mean to You. We cannot thank You enough and we thank You that we get to come into Your presence to honour You, to give thanks back to You, Father. We worship You right now in this place. So just like every head bowed, every eye closed with no one moving in this place and believers praying. And this morning we heard how God loves us so much that He gave us the mother and the mother's love. We heard how much a mother actually loves us. But I wanna tell you, there's a love that is far greater than a mother's love. And that love is the love of Jesus Christ. Oh, He loves you so much. And I wanna tell you, it does not matter what you have done. It doesn't matter how many times you have fallen, how many mistakes you have made, no. He loves you so much that He gave up His whole life to die on the cross for you because that is what you mean. You mean everything to Him. And if you were the only person here on earth, He still would have died on the cross for you. And I wanna tell you, maybe once upon a time, you had a great relationship with Jesus. You knew Him, but so many things happened in your life. So many disappointments happened. And you straight away today, He is calling you to come home. Today, He's waiting with arms open wide and He's waiting just for you. So if that is you in this place, maybe it's your first time yeah. Maybe your mother invited you here today. Or maybe you are a mother that was invited by your child. Or maybe you were invited by someone else. Today is your day to come home. Today is your day to give your life to Jesus. He is just waiting. All you have to do is call upon the Lord and you will be saved. And today you have that opportunity. Again, it does not matter what you have done, how far you have run away. What matters today is you coming home, you coming back into the arms of the Father. So if that is you, it's your very first time, you wanna give your life to Jesus. Then in a few moments, you're gonna raise your hand or maybe you wanna come back to Him then I want you to slip up your hand. I'm going to count to three. And then I just want you to raise your hand. One, 
two, three, just lift up your hand right now. Thank you. I see those hands. There's so many people here. Come on. God is busy talking to you. Maybe you feel this nervous feeling in your stomach. That is the Holy Spirit calling you to come home. He's calling you. So just lift up your hand right now. Come on. There's more of you. Thank you. They're on the balcony. Just lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. Oh, He's waiting for you. He's waiting. He's waiting with arms open wide. This is amazing. I want to tell you that we are exceptionally proud of you for making this decision today. This is the greatest decision that you will ever make in your whole entire life. He loves you so much. Jesus truly loves you. And today, your life will never be the same again. You need to remember this day and you will see how your life is going to change. All you need to do is say this prayer right now. So just close your eyes, put your hand on your heart and everyone just stretch your hands out to them. Say, Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus Christ, your one and only Son, to die on the cross for all of my sins. Today, I believe that Jesus Christ rose after the third day. And right now, I invite you, Jesus, to come and live inside of my life. I ask you to cleanse me clean. Thank you, Jesus that from today, I am a new creation. Thank you that my past is forgotten. And from today, I will start focusing on the great things that you have for me. I love you, Jesus. And all God's people says, Amen and Amen. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.